Welcome to the Merge Feast, the podcast where we satisfy your cravings for all things Survivor. We're your hosts, Sam and Mags, and this is a recap for Season 45, Episode 5. Huge episode today, a major breakthrough. Nobody quit. Uh, (laughs) I was obsessed with this episode. (laughs) So much drama. Somebody actually got voted out. (laughs) So let's get right into it. We have to eat our words here for a second because the episode starts off with our favorite thing, Jeff, giving us a previously on Survivor. Really? So now we get to do that impression of Jeff every episode. I do have to say, I don't feel like that was your best impression. You want me to try again? Yeah, I do. Previously on Survivor. That was better. The first one was a little bit like nerdy but that one was more like outdoorsy i didn't want to like embarrass myself so i didn't go for it yeah i know what you mean Mm -hmm. but we do get him saying that they gave us that screen time for him to say previously on survivor we get a quick recap of last week's happenings they give us kind of a strategic overview especially of austin and drew's alliance and the advantages that they share And then we kind of touch on a few other points about like Bruce being annoying. And then we go to basically tribal council and it kind of glosses over the fact that Sean quits and, and focuses more on the fact that somebody voted Sifu. That's somebody of course being D. Right. And now they have to go back. It's a very tension filled return to tribal council. It really was. Usually when they get back from tribal and they're at the beach, Mm -hmm. you know, they're all kind of like, oh, that was crazy, or, you know, somebody's trying to figure out who voted for them, whether it be, like, happy or mischievous, the energy is usually up. Yeah. But this time, it was, like, silent. Yeah, nobody says anything for a long time. Sifu finally brings up, so who voted for me? I think he says, who voted for Sifu? Yes, he did. In third person. (laughs) And then uh, Julie says, not ready to talk about that. (laughs) Really, Julie? You're not ready to talk about who voted for me? Yeah. <laughs> if I were Sifu, I would have flown off the handle. Their whole conversation was pretty funny. Sifu says, I was surprised to hear my name. And then, like, nobody really responds. And then he says to D, then he says to D, weren't you surprised to see your name? And then D says, yeah, wouldn't you be surprised to see your name? <laughs> like, yeah, D, he just said yeah. that he's surprised. Bold move by all three of them especially D, to all say that they wrote Sean. Yes. And, and you know what? To his face. Before we get too far away from um, Sean getting voted off, mm-hmm. I learned a cool, I don't know, a tidbit of information over the weekend okay. that I thought was, you know, super interesting to me. I saw a TikTok from Kelly Wentworth, uh-huh. which she has played Survivor a few times along with, I think, her dad. Yeah. Anyways... She had a video talking about Sean quitting and whether she bought into his reasons behind it. She kind of led on to some uh, behind-the-scenes information that whenever you get voted out or even when you quit Survivor, you don't go home immediately. I'm not sure why, but she mentioned almost like a week buffer and that it used to be longer, but that these days it's around a week long. And that you know that when you go into the show. So Sean knew whenever he said he didn't want to play anymore, it was going to be a few more days even there before he could even go home. So anyways, kind of made it sound like among previous Survivor players, there is some chatter about if that was his real reason for stepping back from the game because everybody who's played it knows that you don't go home immediately. Yeah, after also thinking about it over the weekend, it really seemed almost obvious after a little bit of thought and some reasoning that Sean was afraid in the moment that he was going to get voted out. And so he kind of in, in sort of a cowardly move tried to protect himself from getting voted out by choosing to quit. Like I think that him hearing the other members of his tribe say that they were going to stay Reba strong so much, it completely flipped around his, thoughts i agree oh i'm they're not actually with me they just were saying all those things to blindside me i'm about to get blindsided so he decided to try and leave on his own terms speaking of sean though we get a moment where sifu tells the girls on the beach yeah sean told me he didn't vote for me when he was leaving 
And he says, Sean threw a live grenade into my game by saying no. I'm pretty sure I used like that exact phrase last week. Uh-huh. I said that he smiled and threw a grenade into his game, and that's what he did. Yeah. I did think they're all, I mean, they're just lying. Well, really, only D is lying through her teeth to Sifu. And man, lying in the dark must be way easier than lying that in the light of so day. That is so true. You, they can't read your face. They can't see you fidgeting with your hands, breaking eye contact. True. Yeah. Just And there's so much less pressure to have to try and control all those things because it's dark, you know? You just yeah. you don't look at him. Look at the fire and tell him the lies. Absolutely. That's what they do. But... To be honest, this was not as much of a, a blow up at back at camp as I thought it was going to be. Especially with Sifu being such a character. Mm-hmm. I imagine him going ham back yeah. at camp, but he was like oddly calm about it. Yeah, he was super calm. Which was good. It was really good for his already chaotic gameplay. He did tone himself down. He was very patient. He does have uh, kind of a funny, you know, like a few interactions later in the episode that we'll get into. But... Uh, for now, it kind of leaves it at that, and we go over to Bellow Beach. It's the next morning. We've got these five Bellow members laying around. Starts off with them talking about peanut butter and jelly, and they were they were down bad, Mags. <laughs> I they, really loved this. They were suffering. Really, throughout the whole episode, mm-hmm. it really made me feel like, man, Survivor is tough. Yes, I, I have noted down the few times where I thought that as well. It's taking a toll on these guys. Yeah. And as I was watching, I felt, I don't want to minimize anyone's experience, but I really felt like I was in it with them because the ice machine in my fridge is broken. So I was drinking like lukewarm water out of my (laughs) water bottle while I was watching. And I thought, and it's like I'm out there on the beach, you know? (laughs) Potato, potato, really. It was like a 4D experience. (laughs) I have to say the editing in this episode was one of my favorites yet. I thought there was some great music too. There was I great thought music, some moments that I um, liked. great montages, mm-hmm. great like rants with kind of like funny cuts just to sh- show the continuation of the rant going. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite montages was right here when they're talking about the food. I've got a little breakdown of all the foods that they talked about. I only wrote one down. What so one I'm, stood out to you? The only one that I wrote down was vegetarian chili. Yeah. So here's the list. It starts with peanut butter and jelly, a fruit platter, chicken, all-you-can-eat sushi, a glass of Merlot, vegetarian chili, fatty chocolate, and peanut butter on a banana. What is fatty chocolate? Fatty chocolate. Uh I guess most chocolate that they sell in stores, they cut the fat off. I don't know. I've never heard of fatty (laughs) chocolate before in my life. Once you start talking about it, when you're hungry, it's it's a slippery slope. Yeah, you can see that. Mm-hmm. They they spiral to the point where Libra Drew Barrymore herself, astrology girl, astrology girl Kendra, she finds a worm in the dirt and is considering eating this worm. Would you eat a worm if you were on Survivor? No, I don't think I would either. Yeah, and I tell you what, I knew she wasn't gonna eat the worm the second she picked it up. Like there are just two types of people. The people that would and the people that wouldn't. Yeah, and the worm eaters and the non-worm eaters. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's how the world is divided. <laughs> but she picks up the worm and, you know, people who are going to eat are going to be like, whoa, look at this worm, ha, huh? and stick it in their mouth and eat it. But, you know, she's like petting it. She's like, oh, am I going to eat this? I don't know. And I just want to be like, no, you're not. Just don't even try. Like when you show that little bit of weakness, I know it's not happening for you. Yeah. Man. <laughs> Brando has a funny moment where he says, yeah, it's 70, 70% protein and uh, 30% poop. <laughs> she looks at him. He's, I'm kidding. But it's like, it's, it reminded me of that, that thing of like, you know, 65% of statistics are made up on the spot. Brando doesn't know how much of that is protein. I actually There's looked no, it up. Really? Is yeah. he, is he right? He was right. No. About 70% of it being protein. No way. Yes. I mean, that's just, you know, I should have known. Search. I should have known better than to doubt Brando <laughs> in this moment. But he was wrong about the poop. I could not find what percentage, if there was a percentage of a worm being made of poop, but it, uh, it did say 60 to 70% of worms are protein. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, eating a worm will not 
it, it, there's no way it's a net positive. Like even if it gives you that 70% of protein and it gives you a teeny little energy boost, there's no way that that outweighs the overall negative feelings and shame that you feel from, <laughs> you just ate a worm. How low have you stooped? It's unbelievable. <laughs> That's true. And there's no way that you come out net positive on that. Yeah. I just don't think it's worth it. So in my survivor handbook, if I'm writing one, I'm putting pass on the worm, conserve your energy, <laughs> win the fish challenge. <laughs> it's almost like, you know, they say that you burn more calories eating celery than you do eating. Then you gain yeah. from eating it. Mm -hmm. It's almost like with all the hesitation and the the pacing she did and the trying to swallow it and the gagging yeah. it up that it yeah. was like was it was it worth it or did you like expound more energy? Yeah, she both burned calories eating that worm and she lost happiness units, <laughs> which I think are underrated. She she was down like three or four happiness units because she didn't even chew it. She was like, I felt like I was watching Fear Factor. She just like knocked it back and tried to <laughs> swallow it like a pill. That's why I would have done it. There's a reason that pills aren't shaped like worms. You can't just <laughs> jam those down your throat. <laughs> While she is panicking about eating the worm and doesn't eat it, it's kind of a bonding moment for the tribe. Mm -hmm. And there's a talking head from Drew, which I feel like sums up one of the things I really do love about Survivor. He says that, Something that's been so fun about this tribe is getting different isolated worlds colliding together like marbles. And while kind of a unique way to describe it, I do really love that factor about Survivor where you get these people who would never meet. You get the farm boy and the city girl and you put them together on a stranded island and you watch them become friends or enemies or frenemies. And it's so fun. Like the social mm. dynamic on Survivor is like nothing else. Yeah, that's true. The fact that they all become so close often, I should say, become so close, even though they come from different worlds, is one of the cooler, more inspiring parts of Survivor Most for sure. definitely. Like, for example, at the end of this segment on the Bellow Beach, they're all sitting around and Kendra's kind of, you know, showing her eccentricity and she says, you know, do you guys all believe in aliens? And man, Emily, I could only imagine what was going through her head. This was her problem with her tribe mates day yep. one. Talking about they the pyramids. Talking about aliens building the pyramids. And now here she was with a brand new tribe, all different people, all saying they believe in aliens again. She's grown so much. She was like, yeah, we're the alien alliance. That's us. <laughs> She just knows she had to buy into it. She's she's really, it was a good moment too to see that she's learning her lessons. Yeah. I really noticed that quite a few times in this game where you could tell she has learned her lessons, but she's still true to who she is. And I'll touch on that later. But I appreciate that about her. She's flexible, but she didn't change who she was at the core. Definitely. Then we go over to the Lulu Beach where we get some some drama. Some this one is actually trauma. It's physical trauma from Jake again. Oh, he is laying down and Bruce so kindly tells him to get his lazy butt off the ground. Not and not just lazy butt. Lazy fat butt. Lazy fat butt. Yep. Oof. He tells him to, to get up and uh Jake stands up too fast and passes out again and collapses onto the ground. His pass out is so scary because it looks like a seizure. Mm -hmm. He kind of shakes. Yeah. yeah. And it's really freaky the way he does it. Yeah. On How I Met Your Mother, mm -hmm. they have a little segment. They just kind of say like stupid last words or like dumb words that every guy says. Uh -huh. And in my opinion, this could have been a segment on that where it could have been like meanest things to say to somebody right before they pass out. And, and, and right at the top is move your lazy fat butt. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce. Bruce almost went down in infamy. <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness Jake got back up. That's why Bruce wasn't laughing about it. Yeah. But we do get kind of a little bit of Jake's backstory in this moment. Really loved this backstory. A, a really, yeah, kind of an inspiring story. Jake lost a lot of weight 
right before coming on Survivor and about the two years before he came on Survivor and uh, put in a ton of work to get fit, to get in shape so that his body would be ready for Survivor. And, and it kind of cuts from him telling his story to him being frustrated now that he's now passed out on the beach for a second time, right. feeling like his body's not going to make it despite all the work that he's put in and all the effort that he's made to get to that point. And so it is this kind of this, this compelling story that pulls you along of, it, it makes you root for him for sure. It, Absolutely. Like someone who's shown that much dedication and that much effort toward bettering himself. That's heartbreaking. That would be, I'm right there with him where it's heartbreaking if he were to not make it, if he is, if his body were to be the reason that he was to get off, this is what we needed. You know, someone who wants to be here so bad and is only going to let their body break down or, or them getting voted out. Someone who's not going to quit, even though they're passing out on the beach. Right. He has an iron will and mm-hmm. he's being let down by his own body. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. That's- I really just, this whole backstory just touched me i love getting to know the contestants that's what i like a lot about this new era of survivors they do a lot of backgrounds on the contestants this like seriously made me like jake so much 0.42 percent of men are affected by binge eating disorder Mm. so it's really uncommon he had no shame about it and he brought it up on tv just bringing light to it i just really liked that about him and he has such a drive and desire to do well in this game It just made me like him so much. And the icing on the cake is, of course, when he's emotional, his accent's even stronger. So is he the best player? I don't know. That's right. You love that accent. After Jake's inspirational story, we cut to a commercial. We come back. We're still on the Lulu Beach. And uh, we have Katura looking for an idol after the tribe has left for just a moment. She... She was off in the bathroom. I don't know. She says where she's going. I wasn't paying attention. But she she comes back and is going. You know, nobody in her tribe is back at camp. So she goes out looking for idols. And uh, when she's looking for idols, she gets caught immediately by her entire tribe. Oh, gosh. Cringeworthy. I know. Caleb, Bruce, Kelly, and Jake all come wandering up while she's looking in a tree and uh she says this line of oh yeah sorry i just got back to camp i was just gonna go out and look for papayas i hate when people get caught and do some weird lie and it's like when you when you get caught just roll with it like pretend like you don't care that they saw you and just be open with them you know like but lying about it makes it so much worse yeah all you have to say is I got back to camp and you guys were all gone. I thought you were all looking for idols. Bingo. That is good. And then I I wasn't going to get left out of that. Yeah. Where were you? Instead, she seafoods herself in a way. <laughs> she makes herself a target. The person who's crazy and going out and looking for idols and then lying about it and being mysterious about it instead of being open, you know? But of course, Caleb, being the smart player that he is, uses this as an opportunity to build an alliance and build trust with Katura. And he talks to her one-on-one after and says, you know, I was ahead on the path. And so I shouted out your name so that you would stop looking before anybody else could see you. When she's recounting this experience in her confessional, she conveniently leaves out the part where Caleb tells her that the whole tribe saw her at the tree and just says like, Caleb was looking out for me. He was just telling me, you know, shouted out my name so that the whole tribe didn't see me at the tree. (laughs) Even though he tells her straight up, yeah, everybody saw you looking at (laughs) that tree. We do get to kind of see how Caleb is building his relationships with all four of the old Bellow members. He's doing so well. He's basically in with everybody except for Kelly. Right. But he makes a move to get in with Kelly by sharing with her basically a dead person's secret he's sharing with her sabaya's story embarrassing sabaya a little bit again her memory by (laughs) yeah exactly by sharing how she went home with the idol in her pocket and so the idol is still out there on the beach or at least they presume that there's one put back into play so 
he uses that to kind of build that relationship with Kelly, which is, I think, a smart play. Yeah, I do too. This episode also made me really like Kelly. Um, although she doesn't get a ton of screen time, the screen time that she did get was really positive. From here, we go to the Reba Beach, and uh, we see in the light of day now that Sean quitting has really left quite the crater right? in kind of what they want to do next and what their plan is. And not only him quitting, but him telling Sifu that he did not vote for him. Mm-hmm. And I get it. I, I, I get it in the moment for Sean, the game was over. Mm-hmm. And so he just was, you know, parting words, you know, he gets asked a question, he answers it honestly. But when I thought about it more deeply, ooh, I felt bad for these women on the tribe left because he did kind of put them between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, no, definitely. Sifu is basically just digging around patiently, trying to get the information that he's looking for, which is who voted for me. And uh, meanwhile, they're all thinking about how could Sean quit? This is crazy that he would quit. And Dee kind of shares a little bit of her story. We get to know her a little bit better. Similar to Jake, she has kind of a moment where she shares about how her parents brought her and her brother over when they were little kids from Cuba to the United States. You know, they didn't have anything in Cuba. They were living in poverty, and and they came to the United States for more opportunity and and they just basically grit their teeth and worked through it and suffered through it and ended up in a better place on the other side of things and and not uh, in heaven not in that's a good point <laughs> I don't know, maybe America felt like heaven we do get this moment where Sifu is sitting on the shelter next to Jay telling her this ominous story about push hands what, what, why is y'all you're trying to sound like some like avengers villain <laughs> he was telling her like his origin story or something it was so weird it was when so i f- was a child <laughs> <laughs> learning was, tai chi yeah it was so funny because he was like it's called i mean it's push called push hands like not not throw hands <laughs> there's no actual fighting going on you're just trying to push them off their balance. But first you have to read their energy. You do a quick like body scan. What does that mean? <laughs> you read their pH balance. Give them a, give them a once over. You got you gotta see, like you gotta ask them all kinds of questions about how they're feeling. I don't know how that <laughs> what is that what he's talking about? Yeah. Gotta ask them, you know, have they been regular? <laughs> Things like that, you know? That all throws off your balance. But Anyway, he tells this ominous story, walks off down the beach, and uh, Jay is rightfully so a little confused at this. <laughs> She's like, "Was that supposed to intimidate me?" <laughs> yeah. It also, really, it sounded like a veiled threat the whole time. <laughs> also, did you catch Sifu's fake idol? Oh yeah, one of the oh ugliest things gosh. I've ever seen. That was the worst fake idol in history of fake idols that was completely terrible he had like a giant like tooth on there why would he put that on there it's obviously out of place it was we talked about this in past podcast episodes as well but lately they've been making right these new idols some of them are elaborate and some of them are very very simple and look like they could very easily be handmade or homemade right sifu's was in this horrible middle ground where it was not simple, but it also looked terrible. Yes. He like tried to make an intricate idol, but instead made a pile of garbage. <laughs> to say exactly. Kindly. I, I don't want to be on, you know, the how I met your mother like horrible last words <laughs> list. But that was a terrible looking idol that Sifu put together. And uh it's it's frustrating to me that he tells the women on his tribe yeah i have an idol basically mm-hmm. tries to bluff through it and they just believe him and the hard thing is is his confirmation bias right they they believe he had an idol anyway so as soon as he says something it's like oh yep he totally. has an idol but man if only they could see it yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
As soon as someone tells you they have an idol in Survivor, you ask to see it. Right. You could do it in a nice way. Like, no way. Let me see it. I've always wanted to see one. You don't have to be rude about it. Like, I don't believe you. Show it to me. But yeah, if anybody could get their eyes on that, they would know 100% that dude's a liar. He's a liar. A liar and the least artsy person on this tribe. <laughs> yeah. Now we go to the Bello Beach. And... uh we kind of get this, really the closest thing we've had to a showmance so far this season. Did you give us, did you give this episode points for that? I didn't, I don't think I caught what you're referring. I don't Just know what you're talking about. Just this absolute nerd out from Brando and Drew talking about Pokemon. I loved this part. This was another montage that I loved. Mm -hmm. Brando's talking about how he, you know, has learned a lot about Drew and Drew says that he used to play, or still does probably, play Pokemon competitively. I'm sure that they spent like entire days just talking about Pokemon. That's what I'm saying about the way this episode is edited. There were so many cuts yeah. that you you know that those conversations were really long. Yeah. They couldn't include the whole thing. They're cutting their, the conversation, the lighting, the positioning is different. Like They talked about that for a while. Yeah. There was one thing that happens in this conversation. Brando kind of reaches out to Drew and Emily is there as well and talk about, man, come to merge. They're going to target us because we're nerds. Like we're smart people are going to be big targets. And Brando says, nerds never go far. So it's I'd like to change that. What is he talking about? Nerds never go far. Yeah. What show is he watching? They go far just as much as anybody else. Yeah. It's the physical threats that get out first. Uh huh. It's, <laughs> yeah. Nerds usually get kept around for mm -hmm. a long time and then win pretty <laughs> often. Also, mm -hmm. if I were Emily in that situation, I would have been like, whoa, hey, whoa. <laughs> You're looping me in on this? Yeah, I'm good at math, but I don't know if I want to be roped into the whole like Pokemon scene. <laughs> <laughs> I had a pro, I just have a gut feeling that Emily has no problem with being looped in with the Pokemon scene. <laughs> it was hard to see Drew just shut down Brando like that. Yes. I really did not like that. And why would Drew do that? What was the point? I it was agree. so stupid. It was dumb. I thought Drew and Caleb, who's on a different, completely different tribe, but after what we just saw from Caleb, right, building individual connections with everybody, mm -hmm. Drew and Caleb are playing completely opposite games. Right. In terms... They're both, I mean, putting themselves into positions of power, but Drew very much sees it as there's my side, there's their side, and that's it. Caleb understands it as a fluid game and that sides are going to be changing constantly and all that matters is being on the right side at the right time. Yep. Drew just sees it as being on the right side, period. Right. And I think that's going to end up biting drew in the butt later in the season yes i hope so honestly because this really rubbed me the wrong way in response to drew shutting him down brando goes to kendra and they pull in emily as best they can to their side to try and get a majority in their tribe of five those three versus drew and austin and emily finds herself in the middle emily's doing a great job as well floating in the middle not turning down any sides and that's the way to do it Yep. You just entertain both sides until you have to pick one. Yep, absolutely. You tell everybody yes, and then when it's time to write your vote, that's when you tell people no. You say no with your vote. Now we're at the Lulu Beach, and we get Bruceisms starting to rise to the surface. I knew this was going to rub you the wrong way. You are darn right this rubbed me the wrong way. I knew. Once I saw Bruce talking smack on push presents, yes, for new mothers uh -huh. who've just given birth. Yeah. I thought, of all the things to be talking smack on, right? this is an interesting one. Yeah, he's like, women don't need push presents. The present is the baby. I thought if if Bruce has a problem with push presents, like if the idea of giving a present to someone who just gave birth is seems excessive to him, just wait till he hears about birthday presents. <laughs> We give presents every year to someone for being birthed. For the rest of their lives. For the rest of their lives. Now, that's excessive. 
I got excited at first when Couture said Bruceisms. Mm-hmm. Made me think of like modern family, like philosophies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but no, these were not like that in any they way. Were nothing like that. <laughs> Turns out, just Bruce has says annoying things. Yes, uh, his other annoying thing that he said was they were trying to discuss if they should eat what fruit they had, and Katura suggests that they wait to eat it, and Bruce says, "I'm going to be Bruce right now." That's one of the dumbest ideas. And I was so confused. I'm like, did you mean to say I'm going to be Frank? <laughs> like, why would you ever say I'm going to be me right now and say this way rude thing to you? <laughs> be Frank. I don't know who Frank I is. I know that joke works on a few levels. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's like me saying I'm going to be Mags right now. Just so you know, I thought that joke was really stupid. Oh, so who you are, you equate yourself with being rude. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I just don't think he said what he meant to say there. Yeah, I don't think so either. But he also, it turns out he's also like super bossy in terms of he telling people what to do and when to do it and how to do it. (laughs) That was so funny. And how quickly to do it. Another montage of all the times Bruce is bossing people around and it was funny whenever Caleb's like, Oh, yeah, we should maybe gather some firewood. And, and like, almost cutting him off, Bruce is like, oh, are you just going to talk about it or are you going to do it? <laughs> Man, if that were me, I would snap. I wouldn't be able to me do it either. Too. I would be Katura. I was critical of Katura. Last episode, last podcast mm-hmm. episode, she got my worst move. I'm taking it all back. Bruce is the worst. Honestly. Caleb, once again, he's a poet. He has a great line here. He has a beautiful line here. He says, uh, "He says, but if you can't bend your knees to your enemies, then what can you do? And that, I thought. Bend a knee. Bend a knee. Oh, bend a knee? Uh-huh. That changes things. <laughs> it does. You're right. <laughs> it changes things in an important way. You're right. It's bend a knee. <laughs> Honest mistake. Honest it can mistake. happen to anyone. Not the same poetry <laughs> that I'm clearly used to reading. Okay. But pretty good. The quote is, but if you can't <laughs> <laughs> But if you can't bend a knee to your enemies, doesn't matter what you do, they will see you coming from a mile away. Well, I'm glad you wrote it down. Yes. That is the last time I quote anything by memory. <laughs> but what what a great point that Caleb makes here. And uh, such a valuable lesson for Survivor. And something that Drew could, could learn from in this episode. Because I feel like, and I bring Drew up because I feel like he's got a lot of things going for him at the moment. and uh, But that is just something that he's missing. We go back to the Reba Beach and we have Jay wanting to throw herself under the bus and take the blame for voting for Sifu. The hope, it seems, is that when Sifu finds out that Jay is the one who voted for him, the rest of them can kind of pretend like she's on the outs, and then Sifu will feel safe, not play his horrific fake idol, and he'll go home. They can blindside Sifu. Right. However, D starts to maybe want to vote out J instead of Sifu. What on earth? I didn't get it at all. No, me either. Didn't make any sense. Why would you want to vote out J instead of the guy that you just wanted to vote out over Sean? Right, J, who you've been working with. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. He's in your alliance. Yep. Who you trust. Well, apparently not. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's very clear that Dee and Julie are working together and working great together. Like, they communicate well. They seem to be on the same page for a lot of things. They do. They're another unlikely duo. Uh-huh. But, yeah, Jay apparently is just not a part of that. We do get a, a commercial here. And when we come back, we have our reward and immunity challenge. It's a combined challenge this episode. But we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll get a challenge breakdown from Mags. 
All right, guys, allow me to introduce you to Jancy & Co., your one-stop shop for all things macrame, weavings, and embroideries. Whether you're a seasoned home decorator or just someone who appreciates the art of handcrafted decor, Jancy Ann on jancyann.com or Etsy has something super special waiting for you. I've been looking at that keychain that you have that Jancy and Co. made, and it looks like quality stuff. It's handmade. It's super high quality. I have had it on there for such a long time. And I mean, look at it. It looks brand new. Well, that's perfect. If you like quality items, then go to jancyann.com or jancyannco on Etsy. That's J-A-N-C-Y-A-N-N-C-O. Okay, welcome back. Are you ready for our challenge breakdown? Oh yeah, I'm ready. So one at a time, they race through a massive three-level obstacle course, collecting keys along the way. This is a very collect-a-key kind of season. Once three players are through, the remaining players use those keys to release a long hook and use that to obtain sandbags. Then they race to fire the sandbags at three targets. First two tribes to knock down all three targets win immunity. It's a big challenge, a long challenge. They reveal the rewards. Winning tribe gets 10 fish, and second place tribe gets five fish. And these are fairly big fish. Yeah. Uncooked. Um, the fish on the table kind of looked... Like plastic fish that you would see in like the window of a Japanese restaurant, you know. <laughs> uh-huh. I thought, man, the rewards are getting pathetic. Seriously, they used to like get movie nights. Yes, you know, they'd like go out and like watch the screening of um, what's that movie with Jack Black? Yeah, who's like a giant. Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah. We're thinking the uh-huh. same one. What is it called? Gulliver's Travels. Yes, that's it. You uh-huh. got to you get a special screening of Gulliver's Travels, they sponsored by M and M's. Would get a spa day. Would yeah. they get to shower and eat like spa food? Uh-huh. It's going so downhill that it's not even like your reward is this fresh meal of fish. Yeah, but freshly cooked fish or sushi. Yeah, it's it's. Here's the thing that you couldn't do yourself out yeah, here. Yeah, here's what you could have if you applied yourself a little bit. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. Right before the challenge starts, Caleb has like a moment where he looks like he's going to fall over. I missed this. Yeah, so like right before he says go, Caleb like has a, a he He almost pulls a Jake in this he, moment. No, truly. It, really? it was almost just like that like where he's getting into a starting pose and he almost falls. Huh. And this is when I was telling you I clocked a few times when people are kind of looking wary and this is one of two moments in this challenge where it happens to Caleb he does it again when he's trying to hand his key off and I really started to worry there's this rule in film and theater just as part of the set design well then that gun has to come into play by the last act I just kept thinking why are they showing these little weakness moments of Caleb I kept thinking he was going to have this huge fall or was gonna pass out and get medical in there and honestly i'm not convinced that that's not coming soon otherwise i don't know why they're showing us these moments again not to minimize anything but i it's i it's crazy that you say this because about halfway through the challenge i had to pause it to go refill my lukewarm water and i stood up from my couch too fast and kind of had to put my hand on the door frame (laughs) to steady myself for a second but luckily, he seems to gather himself pretty well, and they start the challenge. Um, it's almost dead even through the obstacle course portion, and they get to the portion where they have to untie the their unlock, I should say, their pole, and then use the pole to untie a long string and pull that string to release all the sandbags, right? And I have been Drew's number one supporter in his ability to compete in challenges you have been. i'll give it to you this is the first time all season he's let me down <laughs> but he did it in the best way <laughs> he made me laugh while he was doing it he gets absolutely smoked in that portion he it's him against two others from the other tribes from the other tribes and they are able to untie that long string with the pole and release those sandbags way faster than drew And all the other tribes have moved on to launching sandbags. And Drew is standing there 
still trying to untie this string with his pole. And and who is it? Is it on his tribe? It's uh Is it Emily? Girl. Oh, it's Kendra. So astrology girl is telling him like You can do it. You can do it. Stay calm. And he says, Okay, I, I will. I will do that. Yeah. <laughs> In the most deadpan way as he's trying to to that I don't know. That just made me laugh out loud that kinda of bothered me. It seemed like she was being kind to him, like you can do it, and he was like, "Yeah, I know, I can." And it was like, well, "I don't know if you can." <laughs> I don't know. She's just saying that to be nice because clearly you suck at exactly. That. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it was just another example in this episode of Drew seeing sides already. Right? He can't even take the those words of encouragement from his own tribe because he sees her as the other side. Yep. And and so she's the enemy. So he's going to take everything she says and not be sincere about it. At the slingshot portion of the challenge, the Reva tribe absolutely demolishes it. And they end up winning the challenge. They buy a lot, by a wide margin. Right. And uh, they win the 10 fish. Yippee. <laughs> <laughs> Super happy for them. Seems like a life-changing thing for them. In the wait moment. till they find out there's fish right in front of their own beach. <laughs> yeah, wait till they find out about the ocean. <laughs> they do take second. Lulu Tribe takes second place and wins the five fish and immunity. And Drew lets his tribe down and they end up losing in the slingshot portion of the challenge. And uh, they go back with no fish and no flint. I wanted to add, Caleb is proving to be so wonderful in challenges. He hit his target down on his very first try. Yeah. I hope he makes it to the merge so badly because I want to see this guy go on like an immunity streak. Yeah. I love it when they do that. And I think if somebody's going to do it this season, I think it could be him. He's really shown himself to be one of the best all-around players in terms of social game and it, super well-rounded. I say one of the best. He seems to be the best all-around player socially in terms of the challenges. He's doing really, really well. This is my problem when it comes to the merge. There's no way he survives. He is too obvious of a threat to make it all the way to the final three. There's right. just no way he makes he's it. He's going to need some idols, and he's going to need to win individual immunity. A lot. Yep. Yep. It has been done, although super rare. I was just thinking of Bob this week. Mm -hmm. um, Bob was forever ago, like back in the seasons where they weren't always on a beach. Yeah. And he was this old science teacher that everybody loved so much. And the merge came, and they all thought – this guy's got to go. And then he won individual immunity so many times and just somehow weaseled his way through being the best person and everybody knew it and made it all the way to the end. Yeah. The person that everybody thinks is the best, you're right, hardly ever makes it to the end. But it has been done. It has been. Boston Rob, same thing when he came back for Redemption Island. Mm -hmm. Was that Redemption that he came back? I think so, yeah. Either way, it, it's... It's a slim chance. It's a hard game to play and win, but maybe he could do it. Yeah. And it's his game. It's who he is. I mean, he's just, he is a great all-around person socially, athletically. And so he's got to be true to himself, and it's his, only, it's his only hope. There is a twist at the end of this challenge. They have to, each tribe sends someone on a journey. They choose one person to go on this journey and uh, it's actually decided by the winning tribe. So Reba decides. Jay wins the, uh, the rock, paper, scissors with D, and she gets to go on the journey. And then they choose, let's see, do you remember off the top of your head? Yeah. Austin yeah. from the losing tribe and Kelly from the Lulu tribe. And those three go off separately while the rest of the tribes go back to their beach. Before they leave, though, Jeff says, like, why did you choose who you chose? And Jay says, oh, I chose Austin. Hopefully I can, like, get some information out of him. Because we know him. Because we know him. Why would Jay say that? Doesn't make any sense. And She's trying to torpedo his game, I Yeah, guess. honestly. Yeah. 
which is so weird because they're they're former tribe mates. Yeah, they and are. The, what was she was saying was the truth. It was just a ridiculous gameplay in my mind, and you could tell Austin kind of like overcorrected. He's like, "Oh, she's not getting crap out of me. Like, no way, heck no." Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. But what other choice did he have? That's such a weird position that she put him in. As they're leaving, too, Caleb turns to the losing tribe, Bello, and says, "Best of luck to you guys." I just knew that was directly to Emily. Yes. Did you think? <laughs> uh huh. He felt for her in that right. moment. He couldn't like make it seem like their bond was too strong. Yep. Speaking of Emily, Jeff says they need their flint back, and <laughs> when she hands him the flint, she's like, "Oh, our firewood is wet, anyways." I don't know. It's just like if somebody is trying to break up with you and they're like, yeah, I just don't think it's working. The other person's like, yeah, no, it I, I, it definitely isn't working. And I think you're ugly. Yeah, you're ugly anyways. Yeah. Like. <laughs> really? You know what I mean? Like, you were the best thing that ever happened to yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> so you're trying to tell me you just don't even want this foot to begin with. Yeah, exactly. But we go back with them to the Bello Beach and uh, they decide to have an organized scramble. One of the weirdest things I've ever seen them decide and we have yeah i didn't even know that was a thing yeah it's basically they just agree that everybody's going to get to talk to everybody sure on the beach and uh you know we have two sides kendra wants drew out and you know points out the tall lanky guys or weak links and it's time for him to get out and then brando offers his shot in the dark to drew to vote out kendra instead of himself which, again, is immediately shot down by Drew. Like yeah, Drew is just not having it with Brando. And right. I think Drew missed out on a really good opportunity here. Mm-hmm. I think he could have kept Brando around and they could have worked together. And I think a nerd alliance would have been awesome. Yep, I agree. We do have some trouble for Brando here because Emily has several kind of thoughts that she shares about which side she should go yep she calls him by the wrong name she call keeps calling him brendo brendo but i thought for i thought for sure i wrote in my notes poor brendo nobody works for someone if they don't know their name <laughs> yeah. there's True. no way emily's going to vote with them because she doesn't even know brendo's name that was what i thought yeah but you know he successfully flips the vote out Kendra idea to blame it on Drew and say Drew's lying and Emily kind of believes it. At the so, time, I actually thought that was really quick thinking and like his lie was went yeah, over really well. It did. He did a great job on it. So I thought he kind of changed my mind where maybe this could go either way. But we go from here to the journey and uh, the journey takes them up the side of a mountain to this this grassy peak there's an, an option. They can choose between sustenance and an advantage. What was the clever word that they used? No, I can't Something. Yeah. I'm sure it was an alliteration. They yes. love that kind of stuff. <laughs> they can choose basically between sandwiches or these amulets, which do you want to give us a brief recap on how these amulets work? Why you always make me recap <laughs> these like way intricate working things? I just think you're good at it. Well, I don't. I do not know this one. Okay. Uh, I mean, I can give it my best shot, but it'll be wrong. Uh, I can. I think I wrote this one down. Okay. Yeah. Let's go with your notes because my memory is gonna be poor. So you have the three amulets. They have to be used together to be effective. When all three amulets are used together, so they each get one, and they have to work in unison. When all three are used together, it turns into an extra vote. However, as amulets leave the game with one of them being voted out, they get more powerful. So the amulets represent an extra vote with all three. If they get voted down to two, then those two amulets become a steal of vote, a little bit more powerful. And then if there's only one amulet holding player left in the game, that player's amulet becomes a full-blown immunity idol that they can play until there are six people left in the game. That's right. I thought that was really interesting. We have this debate. So majority rules between the sandwiches and the amulets. I didn't have a breakdown on what the idol, what the advantages were. But I do have some notes on those sandwiches. Yes. (laughs) Give us a sandwich breakdown. (laughs) 
Now, these aren't just regular old sandwich, <laughs> all right? These are on a hoagie loaf with, like, not just American or cheddar cheese. It looked like Havarti or provolone cheese. These were hefty sandwiches, two types of meat, okay? Th- this ain't no PB&J. And a huge pitcher of orange juice with slices of orange in it floating at the top. Wow. Okay. <laughs> what a breakdown. I'm glad. I silly me. I didn't even think all I could have told you about the sandwiches is that they had tomatoes and I thought gross. Those tomatoes looked lush. <laughs> I would have chosen the ambulance just because <laughs> of that. But truthfully, uh, what would you really have chosen? I think I would have chosen the sandwiches. I would have too. I agreed with literally every word out of Austin's mouth during this segment. Yes. He also thought um he wanted to go with sandwiches and said that getting the amulets would just be a target on his back because mm-hmm. they would have, what's the word? Like they would have a drive to get each other out. Yep. It's incentive, more incentive. In, it's active incentive it, to get each other out. It is very rare that you have a situation where voting someone out makes you more powerful. Like literally. L- yeah, literally. Not just like, oh, it gives us better numbers. Or they were a big threat, so they're out. But it literally gives you an advantage to have a certain person voted out. Austin is exactly right in this moment where he says they're all pretending like it's this sign of alliance, right? That They're coming together. They're, they're going to be working together. But it's a sign of war. Yes. It's exactly what it is. And them all taking those ambulates puts... They're all like they basically are drawing targets on each other's back right then and there. Right. And saying, hey, at the merge, we're going to try and kill each other and shaking hands on it. Yes. It's that's why I would choose the sandwiches is to avoid that. And again, with the editing, I love it. It gives a confessional of Jay saying, I'm so excited. This is the best day. And then it immediately cuts to Austin saying, this is the worst day ever. <laughs> this is the worst day of my survivor career. I do love his line where he says, I am going to take them out and get my revenge for coming between me and that sandwich. I loved that. This whole like thing for him was really funny. Yeah. But also, I kind of love a little like death mark like that. Yeah. Austin is just playing so well. He is. Like, he's he really, great. like, he's hungry, but. I honestly don't think that he was completely blinded by his hunger. He wasn't. In this moment. Yeah, I agree. He has a really great point. What he, I think, if anything, his hunger kind of sharpened his senses to see that amulet realistically. Yes. Right? I think, and it also helped him that he had other advantages. So he wasn't kind of wooed by this, like, advantage and thinking, oh, man power for the first time right which i think is exactly what happened to jay it was kelly jay was so excited to get such a crappy advantage yeah i don't even know if you could call that an advantage i'd call it like a 50 50 it really is a 50 50 i mean obviously if you can manage to vote out the other two people it becomes a huge advantage yeah but i mean austin's exactly right none of them are going to agree to vote for the same people yeah right it's not gonna work that way and so their amulets, they're going to feel like really Kelly's the one who's going to be the big target because there are two from the old Reba tribe with amulets and Kelly's going to be the only one without an amulet on the old Bellow tribe. Yeah. So when they all come together, you know, at the, at the merge, all the old Reba members are going to be told by Austin and Jay say, hey, let's get out Kelly. Austin gets back to the Bellow Beach and basically just tells the story but tweaks it just a little bit. He tells mostly truth, but instead of the amulets and advantages, he says there was a small challenge to earn those advantages and says they failed that challenge. And so he came home with nothing. He could have had a sandwich, but instead came home with nothing, which... He basically came home with nothing, but we'll see. Maybe it turns into an idol for him later. I actually did too until this very moment. I wrote down that I liked the way that he handled that, and then I just barely thought, but doesn't he know the merge is coming soon? And people like to fact check. 
Uh, it's true. He might as well have just told the truth, except for that he took the advantage, or maybe even just said he did, with it being such a stupid advantage anyways. I don't know. But maybe he could have just said exactly what happened and say we chose to get the sandwiches. And then whenever all the tribes merge and everybody else hears that same thing and they say, oh, you said you took the advantage, then he could just be like, no, we didn't. But at least their stories match. But then he can just say, you know. Yeah. They just didn't want to say that they ate the sandwiches because they knew they were coming home to food. They didn't want everybody to give them less food because they had the sandwich. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there was a way to weasel out of that, but it's a bad look if everybody's story looks different than yours. Yeah, that's true. I bet his only reason for, like, maybe not telling the whole truth is that he was on a tribe that wasn't mostly his old alliance. So, like, he was probably okay with lying to them at that point. And then at the merge, that's right. even if Because he came home and checked, told the truth to his real alliance. Yeah, he did tell the truth to his real alliance. And at that point, the enemy knows he's lying. Who cares? They, The lines have already been drawn at that point. You that's know? true. They prepare for tribal, and it becomes very, very obvious that Emily is the key piece in this vote. It seemed to me that Kendra was going home. That's that I was had my... no idea who was going home. I was so... I genuinely had no idea who was going to be leaving because I was thinking, okay, so it seems like it's between... Brando and oh maybe Drew and I could not figure it out and then at Tribal it was like what is Kendra going home yeah I thought that Kendra was going home and I I think I must have missed them throwing out Brando's name at some point I knew Drew's name got thrown out but I really I thought it was going to be maybe Drew but probably Kendra and that's where it stood and Tribal kind of backed that up for me they go to Tribal most of them light their torch for the first time in the fire, they get kind of that same talk about how exciting it is to be a tribal council for the first time. And Kendra gives some great reactions. She she spiced up the tribal. Which she was did. Good. I really enjoyed seeing new people at tribal council. They had a great dynamic. And it, it helped that Drew was being extremely transparent in where the lines were. Yep. And that set up Astrology Girl for some great reactions yeah and uh that was kind of fun but uh they go up to vote and it shows austin sacrificing his vote and then to give his idol long like more power to extend it into the merge while also playing the goodwill advantage to keep the ability to vote for this one tribal which was crucial yeah so where did the goodwill advantage come from again that was the one that caleb brought when he raided their tribe he brought that advantage and gave it to drew who then gave it oh to austin because austin had lost a vote wow that was they're tight yeah a lot of time alliances talk a big game like we have this idol we have this advantage but it hardly ever actually means that but he actually gave that up that's impressive yeah and he and he needed to because austin needed his vote in this one even if Emily votes with them, that would just make it a 2-2 tie. Right. And so he needed to play that goodwill advantage. Good play there. But all of it secret. Nobody knew. That so uh, that cool. was a big move that happened that nobody except for us at home got to see. Yeah. Jeff comes out to read the votes. And I was shocked to see Brando's name get written down just enough times to get him voted out. Yeah. The voting shakes I liked out. Brando. Me too. The voting shakes out. Three votes for Brando, two votes for Drew, and Brando ends up going home. So the splits worked out how I thought they were going to work out, but for Brando instead of Kendra. And uh, Emily chooses to j- stay with Austin and Drew, and Brando goes home. I was bummed about that. Me too. Probably the smarter move in terms of who the threats were. I think uh, Drew aptly called it the Battle of the Nerds, which was which was true. And uh, Brando goes home. Sad to see Brando go home. And I felt blindsided on it because I must have missed them talking about sending him home. Yeah. They've been doing that lately, though, where they don't give you all the conversation. They used to give you all the conversation, and you could guess with 80% surety who was going home. But they don't do that anymore. He actually was voted out. He didn't quit. Right. 
And that makes this so much better. Yep. And I hope to see him on another, like a second chance season. Me I think too. He'd be, be, I liked him. Got some more voting stats we can add. D has one vote and Drew has two votes. Caleb has one and Sifu has one also. Finally, we get some yeah. diversity. This is great. We got people with votes now. That's that's a real resume builder, to be honest. It is. I'm excited that people that finally have votes on them that are in the game. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, let's get to best move and worst move. You've got worst move. I prepared for best move. All right. Well, me too. <laughs> Should we do two best moves this episode? Yes, to make things even crazier, I actually picked two best moves. So we're going to do three <laughs> best moves. <laughs> okay, three best moves. I'll let you go ahead. All right. So I couldn't decide between... Caleb having Couture's back with the idol search, mm-hmm. although he didn't save her from anything, mm-hmm. he really solidified trust with her in that moment, and you could tell she felt gratitude for him, and she wants to work with him now, I can tell. The other move that I thought was... No, hold up. I have here a best move and a worst move. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But my worst move was Drew shutting down Brando's alliance idea. But Brando went home in the end, so. I still think that that could have been a better move for Drew, is to pull Brando in and then vote out Kendra instead. Yeah. But, so I could agree with that worst move, even though Brando Brando goes home. My best move was also going to be Caleb, not just having Katura's back, but also reaching out to Kelly and really putting himself in a crazy powerful position because he has all those relationships from the Bellow tribe. Plus he has all the seeds that he planted when he raided the Reba camp, right? That he is literally going to be friends with everybody come the merge. That's crazy. I'll add my own worst move too. Bruce being Bruce. Yeah. Bruceisms having his bruceisms just let's just be okay with push presence <laughs> let's, let's i have not. an idea for bruce yeah how about you don't put down postpartum moms on live tv it's just an idea well let's uh let's go to our mailbag i wanted to know your favorite ways to wear a buff or stupidest ways to wear a buff we'll kick off with our answer from spencer from maryland he says if there's anyone with big enough muscles, wearing anything right around the calf always looks good. <laughs> buff calves equal best buffs. <laughs> Thank you, Spencer from Maryland, for that response. Buff calves equal buff on calves. <laughs> if I was on Survivor, the only way I would be wearing my buff is as a headband. It always drives me crazy to see people with their hair in their face, and I'm just like, use your buff. I think you talked about it earlier on the podcast with Brandon, and that's a prime example. His hair in his face was his downfall. Thank you, Daisy and Draper. Micah in Belgium says, What if you wore the buff like an outlaw? Cover the mouth and nose, but leave the eyes uncovered? You could also go for bow tie that Bob used, or use the buff exclusively as a hair tie if you have long hair. Yep. Thank you, Micah in Belgium. I like the outlaw idea, pulling it up over your mouth and nose mm-hmm. and just having your eyes kind of peep out. Yes, that's the way that I was saying is the cool way to wear it if it rains. Best way to wear a buff, cut eye holes and wear it like a ski mask. <laughs> that way you don't eat bugs at night and you have the ultimate poker face at all times. This is very similar to what we were just saying. Yes. Thank you, Quinn from California. This is, yeah, cut holes in it. I don't know. If they is that like a sacrilegious thing to do to your to your buff on Survivor Probably. to cut to vandalize it and <laughs> for the good of your face? But they cut all of their stuff. Like almost all of them start out with sleeves, and they've cut or ripped them off by yeah. the end. We were just talking about how easy, how much easier it is to lie at night. Mm-hmm. Wearing a ski mask would make it easier too. This last one is from Jorge in Idaho. I don't have a favorite way of wearing it necessarily. However, I do have a least favorite way. It bothers me when castaways wrap it around their wrists. Like, come on, they are so big and clearly made for their head. 
Thank you, Jorge. Great thoughts in the mailbag about how to wear your buff. Let's get another question of the week. Okay, for this week, I want to know what is your favorite past reward or an idea for a future reward? Please send your answers and your thoughts and ideas. And of course, send your thoughts on the season in general. Just write it down, send it to our email address, which is themergefeastpod at gmail.com, where you can message us on Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok. And I have to say thank you guys so much for all of your love on our social media, specifically TikTok. That's been really exciting. And one of the highs from this week was Caleb liked one of our tweets. Yes, Caleb. So we're basically best friends now. Yeah. And thank you guys so much for um, liking and reviewing. It means a lot to us. If you haven't liked or reviewed, give us a five-star review. If you don't like listening... I would probably just push the pause button. Maybe go listen to something else. I wouldn't leave a review, though. (laughs) 